this is Betsy Jensen, and you are listening to Unstoppable Body and Mind, episode 63, You Are Safe. In this podcast, we learn to upgrade our brain and understand the power of our thoughts to heal and to create the results we want in our life. Become the person in control of your healing and make peace with your life. Become unstoppable, body and mind. Hello, my loves. Today, we're going to talk about feeling safe. It's something that I keep seeing with my clients and I have learned a lot about with myself. I didn't realize how many times the symptoms and dis-ease, discomfort in my body was coming from basically feelings of me not feeling safe in one way or another. As we know, pain is a danger signal from our body. And it's not necessarily just that something is broken in our body that needs fixing. But most of the time, especially if the condition is chronic, there is a lot of pain that is produced or perceived by the brain that's actually felt in the body. And this can be any kind of perception of danger in the physical world outside, or even a perception of danger by the pressure that we're putting on ourselves. So feeling safe is actually very important to understand how this could be playing out in our life right now and to find ways to make ourselves feel calmer or safer so that we're able to heal our body. The number one way shown in research to rewire our brains, especially with chronic pain, is to feel a feeling of safety. When there is a feeling that's uncomfortable in the body, reacting with calm and a feeling of safety is what tells our brain that it's okay to relax. It's okay to rewire, to decrease the set point of hypersensitivity to something a little lower. We'll talk about that more if that didn't all make sense. Let's first start with just talking about the nervous system. The brain and the nervous system work together. The nervous system is what carries messages throughout the body. And there are two parts of the autonomic nervous system. The autonomic nervous system is automatic. So just like our subconscious mind thinks thoughts that we aren't consciously aware of, in fact, up to 95% of our 60 to 70,000 thoughts per day are subconscious below our conscious awareness. We also have this automatic nervous system that runs without our consciousness being in charge, which is great so that we can do things like breathe and pump blood through our body and digest our food without us consciously having to think about doing any of that. The autonomic or automatic nervous system has two parts, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. The sympathetic part of the nervous system is responsible for the fight or flight response. So fight, flight, fawn, or freeze, which are all ways of handling a stressful or perceived dangerous situation. The parasympathetic is the part of the nervous system that's responsible for relaxing, the state where you can rest and digest and reproduce and heal your body. We can look at a zebra being chased by a tiger as an example of the sympathetic nervous system. 
when that nervous system is activated because of a perceived danger, a threat in the external environment, the zebra is in a fight or flight mode. But when the threat of danger is over, the zebra naturally switches to the parasympathetic state. So the nervous system is able to calm down, to heal, to rewire, to regroup. The animal is able to take care of its other basic functions like digesting food and nourishing its cells. But with humans, we have our large prefrontal cortex, which is an area of our brain that allows us to be able to conceive of the past and the future, which can be awesome, right? Because we can plan and we can start to predict things and make things more efficient. But what it ends up doing in most of us, I'd say most of us in this society, operate from a place of fight or flight all of the time. So our brain can think about the past, even when we're not being chased by the tiger. It can think of things that were dangerous in the past, or it can think about the future and how that could be dangerous. And so we can be in this constant state of nervous system arousal where we aren't able to calm ourselves back down and let our body take care of the other functions that it needs to do other than just fighting for our life or fighting for our life. Fighting doesn't sound right. Other than being in the sympathetic state all of the time. It's so important to realize this because so much of our disease and our illness comes from this state of stress that we are in that is caused by basically the thoughts or subconscious thoughts in our head. We know that this is true because not all circumstances provide the same amount of stress for every person. Of course, if there are some survival type of instances, there is legitimately going to be some fight or flight. But most of the time when we experience the very same hormones that we would have if we were being chased by a tiger, in our today's circumstances, our circumstances now, most of the time, it isn't from actual life-threatening events. It might be from getting a bad grade on a test or receiving some criticism or being unfriended on Facebook. Social rejection can have the same effect on us as if we were actually in danger for our lives. And there's a very interesting study where they found when people had suffered an emotional injury, so a breakup or a rejection, the part of their brain that was activated is the same exact part that was activated when they had a painful stimuli applied to their arm or leg. So being emotionally hurt actually activates the same pain areas of the brain. And that's why you might say a breakup hurts because it can physically be perceived as pain in your body. So when you understand that being in the chronic sympathetic or fight or flight state is what causes your body to break down in one way or another, let's start to look at some times where you might be in fight or flight and not even recognize that there are other options. If you're used to living with a certain amount of stress, it may feel actually quite important to you. It might feel like the stress is what motivates you to do things. In fact, if you procrastinate and notice you have a lot of stress with a deadline, you actually perform and get it all done in a short time with a lot of stress. 
There may be stories that you're telling about how stress helps keep you more vigilant or hypervigilant. So sometimes medical doctors will tell me they want to have a certain amount of stress or importance placed on the notes that they're reviewing because this is something that is a life or death situation if they miss information or if they type in the note wrong. And so they want to actually have a certain amount of stress they're used to. But we can question that. Does having extra stress actually make you more vigilant, more thorough? Does it help you with catching those errors? I would argue that most of the time, unless it's for short durations of stress where we have this hyper-focus, when we're in chronic stress, when we're chronically in that sympathetic state, we're actually less great at catching those errors and more likely to make mistakes. The amount of stress or danger or not feeling safe that we feel is actually just because of our own personal perception of danger from probably things that we were told or what we experienced in the past. So for example, driving statistically is more dangerous than many of the things that we fear, like flying, for example, or being attacked by a shark. But since it is so commonplace and we have different perceptions, we're not always thinking about the statistics every time we get in the car, some people have less fear or stress about driving than others. We know that ACEs or adverse childhood experiences may make people more hypersensitive to perceived danger. So someone who's been through a lot of actual or perceived dangers as a child is more likely to also carry those fears, stress, and feelings of not being safe into adulthood. One of the biggest sources of stress is not actually from our outside environment. It's from the pressure that we put on ourselves. So start listening to your inner dialogue. Do you have a harsh inner critic? Do you have a lot of negativity about yourself? Are you a perfectionist? Do you expect things that are perfect or above and beyond? Do you have a higher expectation of yourself than the people around you? Do you constantly want to try to make the people around you happy so that you feel happy? Do you want to be perceived as someone who's good? This is a big one for me. I didn't realize until I started really getting into some deep coaching this year that so much of my stress and feeling of not feeling safe is from me thinking that I did something wrong or someone might think I did something wrong or what other people think of me. And there's this huge good bad paradigm. And basically when I'm labeling myself as bad, I tend to feel unsafe and I can feel it in my body because of what we're taught or stories that we create for ourselves. We might put pressure on ourselves in some ways that other people don't. So for example, someone might feel very stressed and unsafe about arriving late where someone else might not have any kind of problem with that. I've seen some people where having a hundred unread emails in their email folder really gives them a lot of stress. And other people who have tens of thousands of emails in their folder that's, that are unread and have no problem with it at all. 
It's not necessary, but it can be very helpful to identify what your source of stress or not feeling safe is and really to question it, to see if it's something that is an actual life or death situation or if you are just putting extra pressure and stress on yourself about something that is possible but not probable. For example, if you're standing in the middle of the room under a light fixture, you might not feel safe if you're thinking that that light fixture could fall on you and hurt you. But the chance of something like that happening is so small that when you look at it, it's really not a life or death situation, although your brain and body may interpret it as such. So if you are someone that is struggling with chronic pain or disease, tuning into those times when your body is signaling you either through pain or flare-ups of your symptoms or anxiety or those body type of symptoms of feeling fight or flight, tuning into any of those types of things may help you to understand what for you is making you feel unsafe. When people have pain, or a diagnosis, or can't find a diagnosis for the pain that they have, that can cause a lot of uncertainty and feeling unsafe. Most of the time, when people are diagnosed with something, their pain actually increases, which shows that sometimes even just by labeling and saying that you have some prognosis will increase the pain and symptoms for that person when they have those thoughts about it and they are stressing about it. Our brain is so powerful in this. We know that the nocebo effect, when you're giving the power of suggestion that something may or may not happen, it can often increase the effects of that thing happening. So for example, Joe Dispenza talks about a nocebo study where women were given a sugar pill and told that it may increase their PMS symptoms, and 70% of them reported an increase in PMS symptoms with this sugar pill. So there may be a basic feeling of not feeling safe when you don't know what's going on with your body or don't feel in control of it at all. Some people even feel unsafe with pleasant emotions. They might have been taught that when you start feeling good about things, that's being vain or being prideful. And that means bad things will happen. It's like waiting for the other shoe to drop. So be attentive and be curious. If you start noticing some discomfort with even positive emotions, it's totally normal that if you're not used to experiencing a lot of happiness or pleasure or joy, it might not feel comfortable for you at first. You might even have some thoughts like, I don't deserve this, or bad things happen when I start to feel good. Some people are even taught that if they're not constantly doing things, then they're being lazy. So when they try to relax or to actually unwind, to not be so stressed, then they beat themselves up for being lazy. This is a very personal journey for you to figure out for yourself what makes you feel unsafe or stressed and what can make you feel safe. The biggest way to determine this for yourself is by tuning into your body. 
using your body cues. Because again, a lot of this, most of this is at a subconscious level. It's involving the autonomic nervous system. You don't have a lot of conscious awareness of it, especially initially, but you can gain some awareness and some control with practice. You could look for signs in your body that you might be feeling unsafe or stressed. So things like pain, tightness, anxiety, fatigue, depression, flare-up of chronic disease symptoms, all of those can be indications that you at a fundamental level are not feeling safe. The number one way to decrease a hypersensitive nervous system is to feel safe somatically, viscerally, in the body, to actually go from a state of unrest to a state of calm in the body. One way to do this is to put your hand on your heart that can help recreate the sensation of having a hug. So putting your hand on your heart can help cultivating any thoughts that help you feel safer, looking around your external environment and actually noticing that there are some signs that you are safe. Maybe you're in a house, you have shelter, you have food, you have people around you that are supporting you or people that you could reach out to. Sometimes we need to prove to our brain, we have to show to our brain that we are actually safe. As an adult, you never have to feel unsafe again. You might have in your childhood been in a powerless situation, but as an adult, there are resources for you. So this feeling of being unsafe is not one that you have to perpetuate and look for in every area of your life. Changing your emotion on purpose to one of gratitude, thinking of some things that you're grateful for can help you shift out of that fight or flight into a higher vibrational emotional state. And this is what rewires your brain. You may not notice the stress or feelings of being unsafe that you have. Like I said, I didn't really realize how prevalent this was in my life until I started doing some really deep coaching and realizing that all of my issues boiled down to a sense of not wanting to make mistakes, wanting to do things right, wanting to be accepted by people, and really feeling unsafe if I was in a position of not knowing where I stood with people, maybe being vulnerable, putting something out there, and not knowing how people will react. I just keep telling myself, you're safe, you're safe. Anytime I notice that discomfort in my body, like anxiety. For some of my clients, they say they feel quite calm, but they have pain. So I know that at some level, they are having this danger signal in their body. They're feeling unsafe in some way. So really tune into your body signals if you're not getting an answer at first and you're kind of used to the amount of stress that you're usually under, that can feel normal or neutral to you. But listen to those signs from your body, maybe high blood pressure or having any kind of body symptoms that come and go or having some knot in your stomach, not being able to digest well or having reflux having frequent headaches, any of these kinds of things can point fundamentally to you not feeling safe in some way. 
Notice if you're holding tension in your body. Sometimes people hold a lot of tension through their shoulders. So just relaxing your shoulders back and down, relaxing your face. Sometimes people hold a lot of tension in their jaw or in their forehead, or sometimes you can even practice closing your eyes and relaxing like those eye sockets. I think that's one of my favorite ways to relax because I don't realize how much tension I'm even holding in my face muscles, my facial muscles and my eye muscles. The solar plexus or the pelvic floor can be a place where people hold a lot of tension. And so you could focus on breathing into the area, slowly breathing, sending air to anywhere that's tight, or you could focus on contracting and relaxing. So if you notice that you're tight in your pelvic floor, tighten and then relax as a contrast. There are meditations that take you through full body relaxation by tightening different parts of your body and then relaxing. Because again, sometimes we start at this base level that we've been feeling for so long that it feels normal to us. I know that's how it was for me. Changing your breathing can change the state of your nervous system. So when you're in fight or flight, the sympathetic state, you're more likely to have rapid, shallow breathing. Noticing where your breath is and maybe deepening it if it feels okay to you can be one way to engage the parasympathetic nervous system. Especially if you're breathing out longer than you're breathing in. So you may focus on breathing out for eight counts and breathing in for six. You may try something like box breathing where you're exhaling, holding your breath for four counts, inhaling for four counts, holding your breath for four counts. So this pause when you're inhaling and exhaling also brings some attention to calming the nervous system. I think talking to yourself can be very important when you notice that you're tense or stressed or feeling unsafe. I will often tell myself you're safe. I talk to my inner child. I imagine myself as a small child that's feeling unsafe and imagine being that strong, capable adult that's helping my inner child feel safe. I've had clients that just say the word parasympathetic. So just noticing when they're stressed and saying parasympathetic, parasympathetic, and how that can actually get them into the parasympathetic state. I really like tapping or EFT. If you haven't tried that, when you have some long-standing emotions that you can't seem to get rid of, I do feel like that's a helpful way to lower the emotional intensity and move those emotions through. Things like movement, going outside can be super helpful. Being out in nature can calm the nervous system. There's a lot of research that being barefoot on the ground can actually help by earthing by the electromagnetic waves of the earth. I don't understand that completely, but you can look it up more if you have more interest in that. Movement, things like dancing can be very helpful for processing these emotions and getting out some of the old stuck emotions that you may not realize that, you're, that you have. You may be able to relax a little more as you're letting go and dancing. 
And things like exercise and dancing actually signal to the nervous system that you are safe. Because if you're in complete fight or flight, you wouldn't be doing something like enjoying yourself or expending extra calories. So just by the act of doing some exercise or some dancing, you're actually signaling to your nervous system that you are safe. If you're afraid of things that are outside of your control, then focusing on what you yourself can control and how you can make yourself feel safe is another way that you can promote a feeling of safety for yourself, remembering that you have that support, that you have resources, looking for the things, the ways that you are safe can help. And letting go of things that are outside of your control, focusing on what you can control. Sometimes what I like to do when I'm feeling fear or unsafe is think about someone who doesn't struggle with this, or at least in my mind doesn't struggle, who knows if they actually do or not. So for example, if I was going to do some public speaking, I would think of a powerful public speaker and the way they enter the stage and the way they speak. And I would try to imagine what that person is thinking, the emotions that they might have, and really look for all the ways that it's possible for some human to feel differently about the situation that I might feel unsafe or scared about. I'll often even imagine myself in that future scenario with the emotion that I want to have. So I'll think of an example of someone who does this easily and effortlessly, and I will try to create that scenario in my own mind with myself feeling those thoughts and feelings that hypothetically this person might feel and really get myself into the energy of feeling calm, feeling secure, and not having those unsafe feelings. Sometimes you can actually even just look at what's going on and see if the fight or flight, the stress or the unsafe feelings that you are feeling are helping you. So some people might not quite get to this level of understanding what it is that's making them unsafe and it's not totally necessary the basic premise is if you can notice when your nervous system is activated or aroused and decrease it then that's going to help you in every situation but one of the tools for understanding at a deeper level what's going on and being able to change it is to look at the situation and really understand in your context why you might be thinking that. So for example, the doctor who is thinking that this is a life or death situation when they're going through their patient's notes, they might be able to see that when they are thinking this is life or death, they're feeling stress, they're feeling unsafe as they're looking through the notes, that it's not actually helping them with the result that they want. It's not helping them create the result that they wanna have by feeling this feeling of stress. It's actually more distracting. There's maybe even possibly a chance that they will make more mistakes coming from this place of stress than they would if they were coming from a calm place, feeling safe and looking at that information from a place of more mental clarity. Sometimes what I find is the most helpful thing for me is just to get busy doing something. So a lot of times I can wake up with some anxiety and dread thinking of all the things that I have to do or some unpleasant things that I am not wanting to do. 
And it can really pile up if I keep just putting off those things that I don't want to do. So sometimes that creates a feeling of not being safe because I feel like I'm not doing what I need to. And so just the act of getting started, um, checking some things off my list can help. Now, if you're coming from a very stressed position, stressed attitude, checking things off your list, that can be counterproductive. So really watch yourself, tune into yourself. There's no one answer that's the same for everyone. So like I said, it's a very individualized journey. This is where you start to learn about yourself and how to make a change, the change that's most effective for yourself. Be patient with yourself as you're learning this process. There are reasons why you fundamentally don't feel safe. Your brain is trying to protect you from some perceived danger. But if you are living a life that is in constant fight or flight, I would be willing to bet that you are not constantly in an actual life or death situation that you need to be worried about all of the time. There may be some instances where there's legitimate fear for your life, but those are very, very few and far between. Statistically, one of the more dangerous things that we do, which is driving, is something that many people don't even have a problem with. Some people do, but I'm just saying, just because you're perceiving danger and feeling unsafe, doesn't mean that that is really what is true in reality. So question all of it, tune into your body, find ways to calm yourself when you feel like you're in fight or flight or the sympathetic nervous system, find things for you that you can do to calm. So give it a try this week. Like I said with me, I was surprised how often I am feeling some degree of not being safe, even though when I look around in reality, I literally am not being chased by any tigers. Really be onto yourself, really question your brain. If you find that you're having a lot of stress and anxiety and thoughts that aren't serving you, then it might be because at a fundamental level, you're not feeling safe. So keep working on this, keep reminding yourself, keep calming yourself, get into that parasympathetic nervous system, let your body have this time when you can let go, relax, rest and repair and know that you are safe. All right, my loves, have a good week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you learned a little bit about your brain today that helps you in your life like it helped me. Please be sure and subscribe and leave a review. And of course, be sure and share this podcast with someone you know that wants an unstoppable body and mind.